Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. Every single time that song plays, I get so uh, entertained. It's such a great, great song. Uh, Long one, too. Good. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. This is Rory Sodder. It is great to be with all of you. We had a fantastic show last night. Amazing guests, great dialogue, great topics uh, addressed. Uh, and everything you could you could ever want from the show. Uh, always, I do it like I do every episode. I want to thank my co-hosts, my guests, my audience and sponsors. You guys are incredible. Don't forget, the show is listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. And everybody, remember, I will be announcing in the coming weeks the many notable names who will be doing their own shows on, on my new network, which I'm very excited to share with all of you. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, doctor, award-winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Bob Branch. How are you, Dr. Branch? Oh, I'm doing fantastic tonight. Rory, how about yourself? Uh, I'm doing well, man. It's great to have you here. We're uh, going to have a well, great night. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm still hearing back from last night. A lot of people really enjoyed last night's show, and I keep telling them tonight's going to be even better. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show uh, conservative talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl Chain. How are you, Daryl? Hey, brother, dream on. Was that uh, dedicated to the Democrats looking for Russian collusion? Pretty much that. A, a wide variety of things, including ta- the Trump taxes that they're never going to get. I mean, you could put so many things in that box. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not getting anything. The only thing they're getting is the bird flipped to them by the American people. I, I don't know if you got my text message earlier, but uh, unfortunately I'm inundated with all sorts of silliness this week, so I'm in for one segment. After I sign off, basically anything that Kevin DeKuyper says, you can just assume that I'm seconding that. So uh, Daryl Kane at 2024.com, and excited to be here for what limited time I have this evening. Perfect, perfect. Uh, also want to welcome to the show businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political, political strategist, Bill Lambert. Bill, how are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Excellent. Good, good to have you here. I also want to welcome to the show the founder of Republicans United, founder of College Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin DuKuyper. How are you, Kevin? Doing wonderful, as always. Uh, glad to be here, as always, and I'm uh, so looking forward to the show. It's so great. Me too, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Also want to welcome to the show, uh, popular talk show host, Desert Storm veteran, columnist, and activist, Eric Thompson. Eric, welcome. 
Hey, Greg. Uh, hey, good evening to you all, and thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. All right, guys, I want, I want to get into the, the opening story, which it's been bothering me. It's been bothering a lot of people, you know, these last couple of weeks, and it's really came to the surface in the news media. You have people like Joe Biden who betrayed our government and took advantage of a situation that he knew he could capitalize on. We have his son now who is involved with not only the China scandal, which is $1.5 billion uh, given to the Bidens, but now you have the Ukrainian scandal where Hunter Biden was involved with Ukraine. Hunter Biden was um, on a board for uh, a company that uh, was going to do a huge transaction, I believe, with the Biden family. It's a get, I believe it's a gas company. And what happened was there were prosecutors looking at this situation, looking at what the Bidens were looking at. They were investigating the company, the company that the Bidens were going to do business with. And then apparently Hunter, Joe's son, was threatening the prosecutor. They were threatening opposing counsel, saying, if you do any of this and ruin, ruin anything we got going on, we'll make you pay. And I don't know the exact details of the threats, but there were threats. And you have Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, who's also invested in a, in a Chinese tech company. Not only was he involved with the China banks, but a Chinese tech company that spies on Muslims. They can go as far as getting their DNA. That's what I read. That's crazy. I mean, this is, this is the greatest sort of betrayal. It doesn't get more any illegal and dirty and corrupt than this. And you have people like John Kerry who are not getting held responsible. He committed the Logan Act. Where's the media? And you have people like Hillary Clinton who, who you know, did the Uranium One deal. And you have Barack Obama on camera saying when he's done with his presidency – um, he'll have a lot more time to, to visit with Putin. You have all these Democrats, I'm just giving examples, that, that collude and, you know, do deals with these foreign entities, and nothing happens to them. But if a Republican even does a fraction of what they do, all hell breaks loose. The double standard is unbelievable. It's not like, the, it's not like we're getting lied to. These are real facts, what, what's happening with these Democrats. And there's so many people that are oblivious to reality uh, in that party that, that refuse to believe uh, the corruption of people like Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton. But this thing is bad. This is really, really bad. And you have all these different, these different people still in the Democratic Party that are you know, mer- merging with foreign nations constantly for different deals. Look at Schumer eating donuts with Putin. Look at Schumer pictured multiple times with people like Putin. And I don't want to get too off topic, but people have the nerve to try to go after Trump and say Trump's in bed with the Russians? Trump's been more harder on Russia than anyone. I mean, it's just like, like, what world are we living in? Is this the Twilight Zone? Unbelievable. Dr. Branch, go ahead. I think it is unbelievable. Um, And something that 
you know, it, 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 that that really wasn't mentioned in, in your monologue there was the fact that, you know, Hunter, none of this would have came to be unless Joe Biden was vice president. I mean, right. you know, Joe Biden cutting out a little bit. Hunter. No, I was just saying that Joe. Yeah, I was just saying that Joe Biden ran cover for Hunter. Uh, yeah. You know, so Hunter can make all of these deals. You know, and you got and John of Kerry. Biden denies all, it. Joe, Joe denies it, of course. But he, he's on. He, actually, he's on TV, talking with them, bragging about the amount of money that was made. So you know, to me, you know, in the Ukraine deal, and to me, that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't fly. But you know, Joe Biden's always got a pass. I mean, for everything that he's ever yeah. done, all the Bidenisms, he's always gotten a pass. You know, when he ran for election for president for the first time, uh, you mm-hmm. called him out on it as well. You know, he he was uh, he had to resign because he plagiarized. And to me, yeah. that's you know, it, it it just it just shows who Biden is. It shows who that whole administration was, you know, under uh, uh, under uh, Obama. Uh, you look mm-hmm. at you know the John Kerry, Joe Biden. Now you look into yeah. Hillary Clinton. What what a nest! I'll tell you what, a nest right. of vipers, and uh, they have to be held accountable. And you know, uh, I really believe that we're going to start seeing some of this happen. Where is the Justice Department, Dr. Branch? I mean, the evidence is clear. If this was the Democrats, they would have 100 investigations going right now. Into, but, it, but it sends us our side. I mean, the process is way slower. I mean, I, I, we need to be more tougher. Go ahead, though. Well, no, you're absolutely right. We do have to be more tougher. The, you know, if you look, the Democrats, they always want to have these witch hunts. Uh, and that's what you have, the, the whole Russian collusion, you know, but, you know, the, the conservatives, the, the people are very pragmatic. They're saying, well, you know, uh, we, we haven't been having these types of hearings, but we will have them. I, I, you know, I am sure that Barr will start having these type of hearings, especially now that right. Biden's into this. It ha- he has to be held accountable. You know what it seems like, Dr. Branch, and I'm sure many are going to agree, that these people on the left especially think they're invincible. They think – and it, in most times it looks like that. Look, look at Hillary Clinton totally walking away from the Benghazi thing without them doing anything to her. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what. You know what I mean? When look at look at when, look at, uh, look at McCabe, look at Comey, look at all these people that are getting away with all this stuff. You're absolutely right. John McCain stood in front of me uh, back in 2012 when we were talking about yeah. Benghazi. John McCain looked me right in the eye and he said, "Bob, Hillary Clinton will be held accountable for what happened in Benghazi." Because remember, that was 9-11 as well. Uh, that attack was well-planned, and Hillary Clinton you know, is, is the one that really caused it all. And to me, she's never been held accountable. And there's uh, another lie by John McCain, uh, you know, to me. And, and you know, the reality is they have to be held accountable. She wasn't held accountable for Benghazi, but she really has to be held accountable for 
uh, you know, the emails and the the uh, the Russian collusion, especially with the Steele dossier, has to be held accountable. Right. You're you're absolutely right. I agree. And I think, like Daryl said too, we got to apply that song "Dream On" to that as well. You're absolutely right, um, Daryl. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and and I, I'm with you, brother Branch. And great comments as always on this particular scandal involving his son. I, I have sort of mixed feelings because there's there's a human element for me here where. Uh, you know the, the Biden family, and I, they, they have genuinely endured some some very uh, some very intense tragedy. And you know, I hate the idea of bringing in his son Hunter into you know into his business with everything that uh, that has gone on. Uh, but that being said, these are very clear violations. So I, I'm not as excited about going after them for these things. But uh, at the same time. We have to be realistic, and we have to look at, you know, certainly they're not they're not pulling any punches towards us. So it's kind of a situation where I think our hands are sort of tied here. You know, the, the problem with Biden, and I talk about this a lot because when we get the, the allegations of sexual assault and these types of things, we, we love to yeah. sort of talk about the hypocrisy of the left, uh, where the left, you know, is quick to look over – Offenses right. committed on their side of the fence, um, you know, and they're very quick to to set the fire for us when we're doing anything. But I also think there was there's no, a, a look at a, look at the look at the situation. There was no evidence on Kavanaugh, and there's about 200 people Joe Biden's groping on video, and the Democrats ignore it. I mean, it's just it's such a it's a ridiculous standard. Go ahead, though. Sorry. That, 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 that's exactly right, and I think, but I think that also that there's there's an element of hypocrisy from us. Where, you know, when, when we're making the, I think, the correct argument, which is that this stuff is pretty goofy, and then, you know, we have a field day when something like Al Franken happens. Um, but the, the thing is, the reason why, you know, Joe Biden really deserves what he's, what he's uh, stepped in is the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, he's actually been a, a leader, an active leader. I mean, he is like the champion of the Violence Against Women Act which is a, a very inappropriately named act. What it really is is the Violence Towards Men Act, and that this is a guy who has championed the change in culture, that he has been not just you know a part of the Democratic Party, but he has been a vocal leader for weaponizing the state to absolutely terrorize men um, under any sort of allegation, whether founded or not, about sexual misconduct. And you know the fact that he's been so careless in the way that he's behaved. I don't know if I actually think that it's a sexual thing with him or I don't know, but it's hard to have sympathy for him because, you know, the things that he has championed has destroyed the lives of thousands of men across the country. So he certainly deserves to be held to the same standards as everyone else. And uh, at this point, I I am going to sign off Um, again, defer all questions to Kevin DeKuyper, Dr. Branch and, and the rest of your guests. Look forward to speaking with you guys later. Everyone have a blessed evening. Rory, thank you so much for having me tonight. Absolutely. We'll see you Thursday, man. Take care, brother. God bless. Take care. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Well, can you imagine if Trump flew Donald Jr. into China as part of the American delegation, and then 10 days later, a Chinese-owned bank 
invest $1.5 billion in, into Don Jr.'s equity firm? Do you, what do you think would be yeah, going on? Imagine no. it'd, be pre- it'd, be, it'd be headline news everywhere. It would, the liberals would be freaking out and calling for every investigation known to mankind. Absolutely they would and, and, uh, and should be. You know, I mean, if, I would be calling for an investigation if, if Trump had done that. But Biden does it, so he gets a pass. It's like, it, you know, he gets a pass on everything. It's like they said. The, what, you know, these politicians have made themselves rich for the last 50 years, and they, and, and, and they have become to a point where they think they're omnipotent. And I think they're, they're, they're in a they, – they're, they're kind of like a fish out of water. They don't know what to do because they're, they've never been faced with this kind of, of, of challenge to their authority and their power. And, you know, several of them are looking at real criminal charges, and they're not going to be process crimes. So, and you're going to have the lower people that they think are going to be loyal to them and, you know, for the country. People are going to start flipping. And when that happens, you're going to see a lot of – there's a lot of, of things that, that, that we don't know yet, but that, that will come out. And these guys like Page and the lowers down that, that know the details and that stuck a memo in their, in their you know, briefcase on the way home for an insurance policy, um, all those different things are, are going to start to come out when there's real jail time. You, you talked about that we don't do stuff fast enough. Well, the reason that the Democrats are, are able to expedite these things is, is very clear in how Comey handles things. They cut corners. They go out on witch hunts. They don't go through the processes. They don't handle the justice of the Justice Department and in their functions the correct way. If you do that the correct way like we do, that takes time, and you, ha- and you develop real evidence and you, if you hit go before a FISA court, you have a real reason to go before a FISA court. And you, you can't do that in a couple of weeks, but Democrats want instant gratification, so they just make up, make up their own rules, send dossiers to, you know, now it's being reported that Steele even admitted that this was just a, a political theater for this dossier. Um, so, you know, like I said, in the next, I would say in the next six weeks, you're going to see some people coming out and saying, I know what's, what's up, and I'm not going to prison for these people like Comey and, and Brennan and, and all these guys. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Eric, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a typical scenario of when countries uh, try to go toward tyranny, and the people in power tend to get the, the top message and then they go out and they basically tell people the world's falling apart. Um, we're going to do what we got to do to save it. And you guys just turn your head the other way. And in the end, we're going to make it all good. And, and the left has been functioning that way for decades, keeping the kids, you know, in the colleges told that socialism, Marxism is the way to go. Capitalism's evil. Um, Americans, white people in general uh, are bad. And so if you would just trust, and Barack Hussein Obama, he can cause ch- Don't really worry about who he is. Um, You're cutting out. Uh, don't worry about what Hillary did in Benghazi and all that. So it, I think this is how this is how the left does it. They 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 scare people. They 
think you believe that the white that the Republicans are racist and they're evil, and if you and just let them do what they need to do, and if it's a little shady, so what? At the ends justifies the means, and uh, this is how they've done it for decades. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is sick stuff. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Well, yes, uh, I don't know if any of you guys uh, watch the show House of Cards, but the corrupt characters on House of Cards have nothing, nothing on these guys that are uh, in power right now. In fact, they don't even have power. If any of these people like Biden or Clinton uh, or Obama actually had government power, then they would be much more uh, destructive and malicious than they are right now. But essentially what we have here is a, you know, the MAGA agenda versus this deep state uh, agenda. So when Trump ran for office, he was very much America first, America first. Uh, that scares the living daylights out of these folks that you mentioned with their corrupt dealings. To think that, oh no, Trump is going to take away our ability to sell uh, American assets, uh, uh, American financing, all these uh, deals that go against American interests to these other countries. I mean, it's absolutely absurd that they are so passionate, so willing, and uh, so determined to uh, just underhand the American people. And these truly are the elite class of of leftists that uh, do not care for us just regular American people. So um, that's why they formed this whole Never Trump coalition. Uh, This coalition against Trump is really a coalition against all of of us Americans. And so it's it's so important that Trump got uh, into power, and now that – he is able to, um, I guess, shield us American people as we're investigating all the crimes that the left has committed. You could imagine that if Hillary Clinton had won, uh, it wouldn't be getting as nearly as much uh, coverage as it is right now, and we wouldn't have any power to, to prosecute in the future. So I, I would only imagine that we would have the ability to indict these, uh, these seriously corrupt, treasonous people for their crimes and especially to, to broadcast it so everyone knows. And um, hopefully before uh, 2020 happens, because I, I can only imagine that uh, how, how much more people will just love Trump seeing that he uh, fulfilled his campaign promise, lock Hillary up, lock these terrible, terrible people up. Yeah, no, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. Um, Mike Peters in New York, go ahead. And the trick is, getting the American public, Mon Pa Kettle out there to really understand how they've been misled and how the machine has worked. And without the media, I, I don't know how we're going to do it. I mean, we, we don't control the media, so they've got the podium and the microphone, unfortunately, for now. But once everything starts hitting the fan, hopefully, I'm hoping that the American public will start waking up and start asking questions, and the media will see uh, that they've been on the wrong side and they'll have no choice but to really push it. I mean, usually the media has been known to eat their own. I mean, uh, and I could see them actually flipping because they're heartless and gutless anyway. So one minute the New York Times is pro-Obama, pro-Hillary, and if the cards were, the right hand was dealt to them, you watch how fast they'd turn on them because in the name of the buck, they're all whores. But I'd yeah. like to see the American public behind us. Well, that's my opinion. 
You're very no, no. I hear you. I hear you. We, we, you know, this needs to be figured out for sure. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, ISIS escapee, radical Islam expert, activist, and best-selling author IQ Razili. IQ, how are you? I'm very well. How are you, sir? Doing well. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, the tragedy of this debate is that the American people are colluding in their own destruction. You know, everybody speaks about the American people, this American people. Well, the American people are contributing to it. Why? 47% of them are completely comatose. It is, in, it is irrelevant how the news media are against Trump 97% or 95% of the time. Any human being with two brain cells of logic and a bit of decency can see through all of this. You don't need to be a genius. Yet these people who support the the Democrats are completely in denial. They are not willing to change an iota in their uh, mind. So when we speak about the American people, at least 47% of them are colluding with their own destruction. It's not going to change. What will have to change is the 6% who are uncommitted, literally. These are the only people who will change everything. How is it conceivable? How is it conceivable? There is so much corruption in this United States of America, which has been since Obama. And people in the media and in politics laugh about Putin and the oligarch. Well, you have Putin. Who was Putin? You had Obama. And who are oligarchs? The state. The, what you call, the swamp. There is no difference between the two of you, the two groups, between Russia or America at the moment. But all the time you're talking about we are a democracy. You're not a democracy. You are a republic. But the left has been undermining the republic for God knows maybe 50 years. What do you think? No, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right, and uh, I want to I want to let Doctor Branch. I want to let you respond. I know you probably have some thoughts. Go ahead. First of all, uh, I'd like to welcome everybody too. It's great to talk with you all again. And last night, um, Daryl mentioned something. He's, he he mentioned that uh, he says, "Can you imagine what Hillary and Obama are doing, and they didn't even win?" Uh, Could you imagine what happens if they did? Well, going back on what uh, IQ was saying, the problem is with the American people is they don't understand the government. They don't understand that we have elected officials, we have non-career people that staff, and we have career people that staff. When we're looking at the deep state, we're looking at the career people and some of the non-career people, the people that are basically truly in charge. So the American people don't understand that. They don't understand what the role of the president is. So when you had President Trump saying drain the swamp and actually getting in there and going against the entire system because he didn't know anybody anything as far as uh, any campaign promises, that shook up the entire uh, uh, the, the entire government. And now you see these people, I, I mean, you, you've seen this coup attempt. Uh, happening against President Trump, uh, and basically from the deep state, these career people, 
uh, that, you know, pretty much are running the government. And so to me, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, IQ, you're saying that, well, we're culpable, which, which is true, but I will go back to our education system because our education system in the United States does not teach the way the government is truly set up. We say that there's three branches of government, right? The judicial, legislative, and the executive. However, we don't talk about the career uh, people that actually staff the government. This government will keep running no matter what the elected official is in it. They will keep on a course. And Donald Trump is really turning his course. Many of us, like Rory and, and, and I assume everybody else on this this panel, realizes that the course of action of the United States that we were heading to was heading us right off of a cliff, you know, more towards what's happening over in, in Great Britain and, and South Africa. That's the course it was heading. Now we're trying to stop it, and we're seeing what happens, and the attacks against Donald Trump over the last two years are the effects of the deep state against Donald Trump and but it's also against the people so you know we really got to make that clear that the people in the United States are not trained about our government uh, the you way that it truly right. is set up you are absolutely right it's about the education system but you it, it is about something. the education system correct you're right but you're forgetting something I was living in England and when my son or somebody in the family comes and tells me that the teacher is teaching them such and such a thing, and I knew it was wrong. I used to go to the headmaster. But the parents were negligent. The parents have been negligent for 50-plus years in the United States of America. Because it uh, is their money. I agree. You see, there's always collusion. There are victims and criminals. In many cases, the victims are colluding in their own self-destruction, in many cases. Whether they know it consciously or subconsciously is irrelevant. They do collude. Look, look what's happening with the Muslims in Congress. Not one of them can be loyal citizen. Ilhan Omar wears a hijab. The fact that she wears a hijab means she is Sharia compliant. The fact that she is Sharia compliant, it is impossible for any Muslim who is Sharia compliant to be loyal to the American Constitution and the American people. And gentlemen, I know it sounds offensive, but I couldn't give a damn. These are the facts. Can anybody defeat me in a debate about Islam? The probability is zero. And I have one and a half million dollars worth of challenges. This is not a gimmick. These challenges are meant to prove a point that it is impossible for any Muslim to come against me in a debate and win. And the facts are there. For the last 10 to 12 years, I have never had an imam or a scholar of Islam or anybody from CAIR, C-A-I-R, the Council of American Islamic Relations, or any professor to come against me. Not a single person came and took a dime out of one and a half million dollars. Why is that the reality, because I deal with facts and rea with reality. I deal with the Quran as it is in Arabic, whether it's in English or Chinese or Russian. It's exactly the same thing. Yet there is not a single person in the whole of Congress, either side of the aisle, 
who stands up and tells Ilhan Omar, you have no right to be in the United States of America. You are Sharia compliant. You have a choice. You have to leave. Why isn't anybody saying it? I'll ask the same question every single time. And it's not racism. It's not against Islam. It's against the doctrine of Islam. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, very well said. Um, Bill, I'll let, Bill, I'll let you respond, and i got another quick commercial break. No, IQ is exactly right. They they have one end goal, and until people wake up to that point, you, you, the, it doesn't. There it, it, there are no moderate Muslims. There, it's not. Right. You, it, it's you know, it, it's like semi boneless. There's either bone or there's no bone. There's no semi boneless, and there, there's no. You you can't. The, that doctrine doesn't allow for you picking and choosing what parts you want to ascribe to and which ones it, that you want to ignore, nor does the hierarchy of that ideology allow that. And that, that what people also need to understand is, is it's multifaceted. It's not just about a religion in a mosque or a church. It has a political right. arm to it. It has a social arm to it. It, it is multifaceted to completely encompass Oppress and dominate a population. Yeah, yeah, very well said. It's uh, something that uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. I will tell you. All right, everybody, we will be right back. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the South? Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country. For savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new Bacon Smokehouse Burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. 
listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past shows, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage and clips, please visit our media site, thenextgenusa.com. And everybody, remember, in the coming weeks, we'll be having many notable names be starting their own TV shows on the network, which I will be revealing much of the details uh, here soon uh, in the coming in the coming week or so. in the next next week or two I will be announcing. Uh, but yeah, everybody, we have a huge huge show tonight. A lot more to get to. Um, I wanna I wanna get to something that's uh, really been striking a nerve, and uh, I know many people have been talking about it. It's uh, scary. I mean, we we have situations right now where all this madness is happening. We have school shootings on a weekly basis, or not even, not even just school shootings, just shootings in general. It's like becoming the new norm. We now may be going to war with Venezuela. We don't know yet. I mean, this dictator, Maduro, sure loves to push uh, our president's buttons and other, pe- other world leaders. He, he really is trying to mess with people, and uh, he, he's playing the wrong game, I will tell you. And uh, sadly, I think a war with Venezuela uh, will be in the cards at some point. Uh, I don't think it's going to last very long. <laughs> we all know Venezuela uh, can't even carry any of our uh, soldiers' jockstrap. I mean, they have no chance. And, you know, as well as let, let's think about what's going on with Iran. Um, you know, they're, they're making constant threats. Uh, you have Pompeo, who is organizing uh, troops uh, to, to start going over in that area just because of some of the things that have been going on lately with their – with their terrorist uh, activity and some of the comments that, that they've been making. But I'll just tell you, all around, guys, it's crazy because there's so many different acts of violence and so many different things going on at once. I mean, you look at what happened to Israel the other day. I mean, just getting nuked, getting nuked again for no reason from you know, the Gaza Strip. I mean, it just – it's like all, all of this, this insanity, it, it, it never ends. There's always something new in the headlines. You have people blowing up churches. I mean, we're, we're living in a time that uh, hasn't been seen before. I mean, this is the, the violence uh, is at a whole new level, a whole new degree. I mean, yes, we, we've dealt with evil and we've dealt with a lot of issues in this country for a long time. But the way it is in today's society, uh, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, we are living in, in terrifying times. You have literally uh, politicians on the left, and I don't want to get too much off topic, but you have politicians on the left trying to give their voters the same sort of uh, ideology that Venezuela has. You have all these people dying in Venezuela, but you still have people saying socialism works. You have all of these evil things happening. And uh, I mean, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, Bill, I want to go to you. Well, I, I think part of it is is that, that we know more than than we did even ten years ago. So we we hear a lot more about these things. I don't know about how many troops we really need to put into Venezuela because you have other countries like Colombia that have have better forces that are better inept in in dealing with that. So there might be some avenues there, but the the you have a, with 
this anger around the world, it, it's part of what I was talking about last night. It's they've created this 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 mentality that can only generate hate and rage. And when when you get a people in in that kind of state of mind, they're going to react, and it, it's going to be violently because that's that's what rage and anger promotes. So you have this cult. You know, Greg Gutfeld was almost saying what I said last night verbatim about that this is is pretty much a cult tactic on how you condition people to think and behave, and the way they control the populations is by punishment and intimidation and and destruction. So that's where you're going to have to combat. There's not going to be any policies that are going to fix the human condition. We as people have to, to wake up, and just like you have to wake up to the threat that, that Islam is across the nation, not just to this nation, but, you know, I, most of Europe is gone or is gone for the next hundred years because they, yeah. even if they, they, they stop like for now. Instance, it, oh, go ahead. Do what? No, go ahead. Sorry. It, it, yeah. Even if they, even if, if, if they went, even if most of Europe went to a complete reversal of what, what they they've done now they they still can't recover from it so and that's what we're pretty much on the brink of here in the United States is that we're reaching a breaking point uh, and i i think that that you you really have to 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 any more to get through to people you're going to have to scare them and you and you're going to have to scare them with reality not not fictional things or 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 the boogeyman under the bed or anything like that but you're going to have to show them the whole hard, cold facts and of, of what these things do. And that's part of, of what Dr. Branch and, and the others were talking about education is, is that they've changed the, the, the history books. And they, they've changed things to where it, it, no, it, it's, it, it's their own perception of what they thought history should have been and, and made Western society the scapegoat. And it's it's like IQ said. You have the you're, the the American people are complicit in this because they're they're allowing this. They're you, you either stand up or you kneel. You have one choice in life really is if you're you're either going to be willing to die on your feet or live on your knees. That's your two options. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And it's you know. It's just it's insanity what we're living in. Um, Dr. Branch, go ahead. Oh, Bill is Bill is one hundred percent right. And you know, one of the most alarming things that we've seen uh, with what happened over at Israel with Hamas is, you know, they they Hamas Hamas showed uh, there's an, pretty much an intrinsic flaw in that Iron Dome. Uh, they shot 700 rockets off pretty much simultaneously. 86% of them were shot down. 14% got through. Uh, for that Iron Dome to work, that needs to be 100%. You're cutting out a little bit. Well, it, it needs to be 100%. And, and you were saying that, you know, I, I know that it was just colloquial where you said, well, and they, they got nuked. Well, fortunately, they, those weren't nukes, but... And I know that that's not what you really meant, but um, if they were and one got through, that's all it would take. 
So, uh, you know, I, I think what Hamas did by, by throwing, showing all those, uh, shooting off all those rockets was to show the limits of that Iron Dome. Now I think that Israel needs to really start uh, going back to the design board and making sure that that's 100%. Uh, one thing I do want to say about the education part that Bill brought up is – now, yesterday I was talking to uh, a friend of mine that was teaching. He taught government for a little over 25 years at the high school level. And he said, well, you know, with the discord that's going on now in, in the government, this is not the government that, you know, I taught for over 25 years. And I said, the problem is the government that you taught for 25 years was not really the way the government was ran. And that was a big problem. You you were going off of books that everybody's honest, everybody, you know, elected officials have integrity, elected officials had, you know, the moral high ground. Uh, but the reality is, is, you know, you taught nothing regarding career, uh, uh, career uh, people versus non-career versus elected politicians. And I go, that's not what you taught. So we expect, you know, the government to act the way you taught it, but in fact, that's not the way the government really functions. And that's a big problem that we have in this country right now. And the people really need to be made aware of that. You know, that's one of the reasons why I, you know, ran for superintendent of public construction for Arizona, because I wanted to go back. If we're going to keep America great, um, and if we're going to stand on our feet and not on our knees, like Bill said, we have to start at the root. We have to go back to kindergarten. And in 18 years, then we can affect real change that will last. I wanted to teach history, not sociology. I wanted to make sure that the Constitution was taught. I wanted to make sure that the government was represented the way that it truly is. However, it's not the way that it's, it's happening in this state nor in the United States. So that's a big problem that we have. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're out. You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, what, what What this nation has turned into, you know, uh, under the Obama administration, I tell you, it's a, it's a lot of healing and just blessed we have Trump in there to take care of that. Um, let's go to Kevin. Go ahead. Yes. Well, uh, I don't know what Trump's trying to achieve with uh, trying to overthrow uh, Venezuela so hard and threaten a war because that's not that's really not at all what he campaigned on. We wanted to keep out of these foreign wars. I know it'd probably be quick and he'd get the job done really fast, but uh, the mission that he's been uh, accomplishing thus far has been uh, we're going to sanction the country as, as we can until uh, we essentially put our man um, in, in place. So it's actually going to abide by essentially the international order. Um, and the reason why international order needs to be achieved in, in these people's minds is that uh, they've committed the, uh, the heinous act of taking over the central bank of Venezuela. Um, the only places in the world that the central bank is not owned by the Rothschilds. That would be uh, right now it's Venezuela, but in the past and right now it's been Iran and especially North Korea. That's why we're, we're most involved in those areas. And so if you notice Venezuela, the people there are suffering tremendously. Um, you know, the, especially the poor to the middle class is terrible, terrible uh, suffering going on and starvation. And uh, socialism absolutely caused that. But at the same time, you have the high-class people there in, in Venezuela, especially Maduro. You look at this guy, and he's plumper than ever. He's, he's eating well and everything. Um, you know, it's the, the people in power and, and the military is doing just fine. 
and um, it's it's really uh, the people that are suffering. So the the military flees. I mean the uh, the the coup failed, and uh, Guado, the um, the contender, has fled to to Colombia, and uh, so they're going to keep pr- pursuing this uh, intervention. And um, I mean I hope it it resolves the the cleanest way it can because I know that uh, Russia's presence there. Um, you know they're not going to relent on on this kind of deal, and um, you know same thing with uh, what was going on in Syria. They don't they don't want um, these Western powers to take any more land from Syria. I mean they they got the uh, uh, Gaza Strip already. Um, so um, no Golan Heights, pardon. Uh, so yeah, so Israel has the goal the Golan Heights now for, uh, from Syria. They're taken back. So they've completed all their missions. Um, yet there's uh, still the um, is now the Gaza Bank that's being take um, you know the, the biggest problem right now. They're sending all these rockets, uh, absolutely terrible. Uh, what I gotta say about this too is that uh, you notice these Hamas rockets. They're like they're little. I mean they're they're tiny. They're like the size of maybe like half the size of a person, as opposed to the Iron Dome rockets. They're absolutely huge. I mean there's so much money. I don't find it to be that technologically advanced when you're using these huge, huge, expensive rockets to take down these little, tiny, little rockets from Hamas. So I think there's a lot of military inefficiency. I mean, it's great for the military-industrial complex, don't get me wrong, but um, I think they need better technology. I mean, uh, their technology isn't what it's cracked out to be. It's just really expensive. And, uh, like, for example, we've had people allegedly land on the moon in 1969 and make it back to Earth, but uh, Israel hasn't even been able to get a, a unmanned craft to land on the moon yet. Uh, their technology is just, just not there. And uh, I think it's just a, a common conundrum of us sending so much money into this interventional military, and we're not getting results. All we're doing is causing tremendous discord and uh, suffering around the entire Middle East, and it's radicalizing even the most uh, moderate of Muslims to retaliate. I mean, how would you feel if you were just uh, some regular person uh, just living your, your life and you have your family and your everything is kind of taken from you by this war? And well, what do you have left? I mean, I, I would be radicalized too, honestly. Um, I, I think uh, Christ had said, love your neighbors. Uh, that's really important, but uh, there's not a lot of love going on in the Middle East. And I, I really hope that we could find a peaceful solution really soon. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and I, and I hope I hope we find some sort of peace as well. Uh, let's go to um, Eric. Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, we're what we're seeing is is a two two tiered approach to world problems, and it's going to continue. And if we, you know, how we deal with fascism or communism in a global scale, considering the size of the populations of India, China you know, uh, Russia's uh, reemergence and then the, the agreements between Russia and, and Iran to kind of take care of each other. With So the problem is you have Marxism, communism in this little envelope that's going to always be a problem. And Sharia Islam is always going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. and, and the problem that, that I've been running into for, for the last 35, 40 years is I've been I'm <clears throat> dealing with Sharia Islam is I've been chased by them and death threats and everything else, is they're on a mission. They're on a mission to establish a global caliphate. They cannot submit to any country's constitution or way of law. 
So when, when I heard an imam say 15 years ago, we're going to use the U.S. Constitution to destroy the U.S. Constitution. So they, they're, they're under our Constitution, they're, they're abusing the rights that were given in the First Amendment, and, and they're going to keep pushing. And as long as they keep saying, well, no, we're not an economic system. No, we're not a political system. We are a religion. Don't look at our, the way that we enforce our laws. Don't look at the way that we kill people in Sweden and Denmark and, and Boko Haram and anywhere that we can. Just remember, we're a religion, so you have to tolerate us, United States of America, because of your constitution. So there, there's, there'll come a point down the road that either we're going to identify them as a political system and not a religion so we can deal with it, or we're just, we're just going to have this cesspool of problems. Um, like one of, your, well, one of your panelists said, you know, why we're even talking about going into Venezuela in a war situation to me is absurd. I don't, you know, we, we can't go around to Marxist nations that fail and then try to bail out the people. And I don't, right. you know, Venezuela is bad, but I, I just think at and some Eric, point I, we're going to say, you, you know, I've always, I've always yeah. been a guy that has said, I've always been a guy that said, I don't want to be the world police, but at the same time, I mean, what, what, what would you, what else do we do in this situation? I mean, Venezuela has crossed the line severely, don't you think? Well, Venezuela is dealing with a dictator that won't step down. That has nothing to do with us. We just happen to be in the same hemisphere. But the reality is, at some point, you have to say, Venezuelans, you better pick up your pitchforks, your rocks, and your guys better get some cahootas, and you better march down and and kill some people. And a lot of you are going to die if you want to fight for your nation. But what what are we going to do? We're going to go drop, what, $150 billion in bombs? and kill a lot of citizen, civilians because they don't really have a military that you can really talk about. So I don't know how we even go into Venezuela. And, and in the end, what would we gain? The, our borders are so porous that it, it, people are pouring in by the millions. So right. if people say, well, if we, if we don't stop the bleeding in Venezuela, they're just going to come here. Well, if we don't put up a border wall and say, sorry, Venezuelans, you need to go to El Salvador, you need to go to Guatemala, Hey, Mexico, you know what? Why don't you guys get some freaking cahootas and challenge your cartel? you got beautiful coastlines. Mexico is one of the biggest disappointments on the planet. They've got beautiful land, and, they, and they're just run by a bunch of drug thugs. And then we allow them to go coyote a bunch of people and human trafficking and drugs into our country to support the cartel. How did Chapo get arrested with $13 billion in assets? Thirteen exactly. billion in a I poor mean, country, supposedly. So we we gotta at some point say Venezuela, you guys need to fight for your lives, and it's gonna be bad. And if your people try to come this way, I mean personally, I'm at the point I wish Trump would put our military five miles inside of Mexico, and turn their butts around and say, you know what, Mexico, you deal with us. They're not gonna get to our border anymore. You guys, you're intentionally let you're letting people get bust in from Guatemala. You've got the cartel running ads in El Salvador. Hey, 20,000 pesos or whatever, you can get a, a ride up to Mexico, up to the port of entry. It's overrun right now, and we're going to teach you how to get in the border and go see your family members in Chicago. It's a, it's a joke. So I'm more concerned about our country, our border, our MS-13 gang members, our human trafficking, our drugs, and I'm not so concerned about Venezuela 
as a sovereign nation, we, we're not really in a position to be doing much for other people. We're that screwed up. And Eric, you've, you've lived this lifestyle of being in the military. You were in Desert Storm. Let me ask you this. What do you think is more likely, going to war with Iran or going to war with Venezuela? Uh, well, I, I don't think Venezuela would be a war. I, I, I think there's a 0% chance we go to war with Iran. Uh, there's, you're not going to get anything out of bombing Iran. I mean, you may, you may hit a couple of, you, you know, we could help Israel hit some of their nuclear sites. But if, if you want to complicate things really bad for our country and get Russia involved and get, the other Tur- and get Turkey involved and start causing some real problems over there, uh, I, I think Venezuela would be, we come down, we strong arm, we pour in, we get some of our troops killed, we're ticked off at the government for losing more of our troops in a war that's not our business. But I, I think we could easily go in, and we're going to lose some lives, but we could kick Maduro out. But uh, so I, w- I would say we could have a conflict with Venezuela. It wouldn't be a war, but I, I if if uh, if Pompeo and these guys, you know, and uh, the war was up there, Bolton, you know, you Iran's a, it's a tricky animal because they they got agreements with uh, with Russia. If, if Iran gets in a conflict, Russia gets in the conflict, and then Turkey hates us, and so you, it's just too complicated. And I don't, I really don't know. Why we're still, when I was overseas, I, I met with people from Libya, met with people from Egypt, I met with people from Syria, and they all said the same thing. Why do you guys keep getting rid of our, our leaders and screwing up our region? Because we liked, the Egypt, Egyptians said we liked Mubarak. Most of the Libyans said they liked Gaddafi. And most of the Syrians liked Assad. So we, we're over here going, they're all evil. They must be displaced, and their people are, like, displaced. All, in Jordan, where I saw a lot of them, saying, well, you displaced us because you screwed up our country, and now we don't have a homeland, and now we've got to, you know, sit over here in bazaars in Jordan and Israel trying to sell our, our goods because you got rid of our leaders. And you'll notice Christians weren't getting killed in Egypt until we got rid of Mubarak. There, is no Christian, there are no Christians in Libya. And the Christians in Syria have been fleeing for their lives as ISIS was able to grow and destroy things from five, six, seven, a thousand years ago, all the artwork. And the, so I, I just think at some point we have to decide that are we going to be a sovereign nation that fixes our house first and then get in a spiritual and a financial position to be able to say, how can we help governments that are trying to do good for their people and not help people that are not helping their people and just deal with the fact that we're not going to be able to make the world a happy place. And if we, if we get to that point and we're sovereign and Mexico gets their act together and the cartel, I mean, I would rather roll into Mexico and blast the hell out of all the cartel personally. I don't, I, you know, they're down there just murdering people, cutting them into pieces, sending drugs. They're ruining hundreds of thousands of lives and we're over here, and there's, there's your terrorism. You want to see some terrorism, look at what the cartel does to a whole nation that has the resources, if they could get their act together, to be a really strong nation in Mexico. But they're allowed to dominate, and we leave our borders open. And then when, when it gets to the left, the left are godless. The left wants they're okay in Virginia after a baby's born to kill us. They're teaching four-year-olds in, in Minnesota, you know, how to have anal sex and different types of sexual positions. 
So you know what I mean? Right. So so yeah, they are literally passing. They're 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 giving me sex trans, books you got to trans story hour too. You got the drag queen story hour. And they were both sexual pedophiles in Houston. They both were convicted pedophiles wearing wigs, teaching little four-year-olds, lusting after them in, in libraries while their postmodern, ridiculously ignorant, snowflake parents are going, oh, we're so tolerant. Aren't we cool? Yes, we're a cool bunch of tolerant, dysfunctional. Yeah, isn't it? We love everybody except Christians, except men and women that have natural sex instead of people that that want to stand for the flag and the national anthem. We don't want anything. You might have saw that guy in Pennsylvania, the assemblyman that went up to an old, older lady praying outside of an abortion clinic on his iPhone, calling her disgusting, calling her an oh, yeah, old yeah, white yeah. woman. Uh, what, okay, what that's okay, though. What, if, 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 what, is that not a hate crime in America, then? Is, is, is that not hateful? To pick on somebody exactly. because of their religion, because of their gender, because of their age? Yeah. That, I mean, that, we, that can't we, happen in our American country. I mean, we see that we see the bigotry. We saw that representative in Pennsylvania harass pro-life people outside of the abortion clinic. And, you know, the double standard is disgusting because nothing's probably even going to happen to them. But if this was a Republican, they'd be everybody would be calling for their resignation. And you have all of these different uh, bigotry scenarios. Look at the Christian Baker where the, the, I think they were gay guys, uh, took offense that the Christian baker didn't want to bake them a cake and made a huge deal out of it. I mean, that, that's... Not photographers, trying all to get, of them. And, and, trying to get somebody to go against their values. Well, sorry, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll say this real quick, and then I, I carried on a little long, but not, I don't know if everybody on the panel is Christian, non-Christian, whatever, but I mean... Right. You can, you can see a direct correlation between... A, a agnostic, atheistic subculture that is that they're 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 playing video games where they kill people. They listen to music about killing cops or raping people. They think there's no reason to live. And then we wonder why kids are walking into school shooting each other because they're 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 coming from broken homes, no identity, no reason to live, and 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 they're angry. And so they're told when they're angry, you can act out. That's why in California. If the kid challenges a teacher to their face, they cannot be suspended anymore. And that's the problem. There's no God over the people in these, in these regions, and there's no fear of the government. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's true. Um, Mike Peters in New York, go ahead. These guys have been jumping all over the place. First off, going back, um, I'd like to back up uh, what Dr. Brandt said that a lot of people didn't understand. And from there, for some reason, we jumped into the, the Muslims and the Islamic issue and everything else. But what Dr. Brent said was very, very important. A lot of people don't understand because of the schools, how the government works. And they don't understand that one of the huge evils that we're facing is the, the bad guy behind the curtain, so to speak, the staffers, the career politicians that we never see that run these little ministries and run the DEA, run all these agencies that have been appointed by the Democrats or the Republicans or whatever that keep the, the momentum going of the policies of the previous administration, even after that administration has been long gone and they keep going. And the staffers that leave one congressman gets voted out and that staffer packs up his suitcases full of all of his poison and everything and goes to the next politician that gets put into office 
And the policies are continued, and it's the staffers, the career people that are a huge enemy. Now, another thing about this, that people are forgetting two things, that um, as many of you know, I, I feed military, I'm a government contractor, 2003, first, well, actually it was 2004, first group, 11 Bravos, they come home, uh, infantry, they come home, we're behind the defect, I've got about four or five soldiers, we're out there having a cigarette, and I said, uh, what was the hardest thing for you to talk about when you first came back from Iraq? And one of the guys said, the hardest thing for me was explaining and justifying to my family what we're doing over there. And he said, because you know what? Because of the media, they didn't understand. And he said, to tell you the truth, I didn't understand. I had the attitude that we should be fixing our country and working on this and everything. And he said, you know, and he said, and then one day we raided an apartment in Baghdad. And he said, we're not told anything about it. We're told to go raid the thing. We went in, we kicked in the door, we raided the place. There on the wall. Above the laptop was a picture of, I'll just call it a power station. I'll just say like that. That was thumbtacked to the wall above the computer. Now, that power station is here in New York. That soldier's from New York. That soldier looked at me and said, you know, Mike, he said, I live two towns away from that place. I know, I know what that place is. And he said, and when I saw that picture on the wall, then I got it. Then I understood what I'm doing here, then it sunk in. Then I understood completely that there's a larger picture and that people aren't seeing it because our media doesn't teach them and actually let them understand some things that people shouldn't understand. Now, as far as Venezuela, the last thing, you know that's a three-and-a-half-hour flight away from Miami? You guys realize that? Think about that. Well, we just let them do what they yeah. want. No. Screw that. No. No, I'm not going to. I don't buy that. Anything that's up to close to our border, or is it a three and a half hour flight to Miami, and you think that the, what's going on politically in there doesn't affect the United States, you bet it affects the United States. Right next to Colombia, right next to Panama, that whole area down there. So if anything, for our security, for our country's security, we have an interest in what goes on down there. And if they can't manage their own property and make sure that the vermin aren't kept out of it, and let them do whatever they want, that's fine. Let them have their government and everything else. But once the wrong people come in, like the cartels, like the other gentleman mentioned, I agree with that. These cartels and everything are a huge issue. And our government has turned a blind eye to it until now. Now Trump is really starting to pay attention to it. And it's shutting them yep. down. How did he do it for years? How did that guy do it with billions of dollars in assets and everything else? He, didn't, he never knew about Donald Trump and about how the government and how adamant the DEA is. And now the shackles have come off the DEA and shackles have come off our military. Now they're able to do their job. And the politicians, I hope, they keep them out of it. Let them do their job, you know, and let them start rounding these guys up. And we pull a lot of missions still today in Colombia and everything that are off the radar. And good for them. I'm glad they're doing it. And I think they should do more of it uh, to protect our borders. So as far as Venezuela, yes, we do have an interest in it. And as far as landing troops, no, we're not going to do something like that. But the last thing we want to see is, Chinese flags and Russian flags flying down there all over the place and have them have an interest in it. We played that game with Cuba back in the day. We're not playing it again. Anyway, that's my sorry for the rant. No, very well said. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I do want to go to IQ. IQ, go ahead. As usual, everybody is right. But the most important thing, as far as I'm concerned, is the border. The gentleman before said, the border, it's always the border. If you can't close the border, 
and secure it, America is uh, in danger. It doesn't matter later on if you want to address Iran or address Venezuela or address any other state. The border is number one. The other thing is this. You should not bring troops into Venezuela. There are other ways of doing it, and they have nothing to do with troops. They've done it before in Iran. They've done it before in uh, other Latin American countries. Don't put troops in uh, Venezuela. You don't need to. The most important thing we are missing in all this conversation, no, we're not missing it, but not highlighting it. Russia is not a threat to America. It's not an opinion. It's a fact. Putin would love to make love with Trump. Russians okay. don't hate Americans. Russians emulate everything that the Americans want to have. The greatest threat to humanity has been in the 21st century and will continue is Islam. Iran is Islamic. ISIS is Islamic. It doesn't matter what shades they are. Whether they're Sunnis or Shia has nothing to do with the fact that they both believe in the Quran. And the basis of all the troubles that we have, and we have had for 1,400 years, is the Quran. To deal with Iran, you know, the tragedy with Russia and Iran, had Trump been allowed to make peace with, with Putin, Putin wouldn't have gone to Iran. There's no question about it. Iran is an enemy of Russia. The Muslims are the enemies of Russia. The Muslims are the enemies of India. The Muslims are the enemies of China. The Muslims are the enemies not only of the Jews, but of the Christians. And as, as we mentioned a few minutes ago by some of your commentators, the most persecuted people on the planet in the 21st century are not Jews. They are Christians. By whom? Muslims. You've got to keep your eyes on the enemy. And the greatest enemy that, is, that America has, that the West has today, is Islam. In the future, yeah. America's worst enemy would be China not, China, not Russia. Believe me, it's China. Tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me. No, I, I, th- I, think, you have, I think you have a great point, absolutely. Uh, I want to go to uh, Kevin. Kevin, go ahead, and then we're going to take a commercial, and then we'll introduce Dr. Bustler. But uh, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't agree more with uh, with Eric and all his uh, great insights. I would say that the ultimate uh, bottom line of everything here is we got to protect America and our borders and our interests and make sure that we take uh, America first. And, uh, of course, we want to make sure that uh, those outside of our borders do not threaten us, do not uh, fiercely attack us. That's, that's number one priority, of course. But also that it's really surprising to me that we take such a, um, an interest in all these uh, foreign wars, this perpetual warfare that will never end, absolutely. And instead of you know, cleaning up our own inner cities, I mean, we see uh, Chicago has uh, the worst, some of the worst um, uh, violent uh, homicide of uh, anywhere in the country. And uh, we were told that uh, we'd have like the National Guard step in and try to clean things out, but uh, that, that hasn't happened. Um, of course, the, the cartels are a major issue, and Trump has done so much, so much uh, positive um, action to, to help clean them up. But uh, I, there's so much more that can be done. Um, you know, they're as, pretty much as violent as ISIS. They're always threatening, beheading, and doing some really crazy things. They're loading our uh, country with fentanyl and 
absolutely uh it's ever pervasive i mean i i know second degree friends that are um that i have died from fentanyl and it's uh, i think it's something that uh has personally touched many americans and uh, i really think that uh that's just a, a number one priority just what affects america do what benefits america and um and i think when it comes to international interests that it's not necessarily that um, the Middle East is threatening America in a way that really affects everyday Americans. I, I think if we have more hands-on um, action in America, that is what's going to affect Americans. Yeah, very well said. Um, we will take a quick commercial, and uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Stay tuned. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody... Don't forget, if you miss any past episodes, past clips, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit our new media site, the next N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA.com. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people, many notable people that will be starting their own shows, and I will be sharing details uh, about that here in the next, in the next week, or, week or so. So get ready for that. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show a uh, very smart guy, very talented, economist, entrepreneur, speaker, Writer for Town Hall, writer for Newsmax, Livezet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler. How are you, sir? Oh, sorry. Dr. Bussler, I, I, had, I had it on mute. Are you, are you there? Yes. Hello? Good to have you here. Good. Yeah, good to have you here. Yes. Yeah. Nice to be here. Um, so I was listening. Um, oh. You know, and it's always a, a question of how involved the U.S. should be in some of these uh, foreign countries, whether we're truly uh, looking out for our own national interests or 
uh, are we just sort of butting in where we shouldn't be butting in? And if you look over history, there are times when we've been very aggressive uh, in dealing with some of these countries and other times where we've taken an isolationist position. Um, and we seem, we've seen we flip-flopped sort of back and, and forth. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, potentially going into wars with uh, uh, probably the loss of American lives. Um, and there's always a question of is, is it really worth it for us to get involved in some of those things. I know in the last week or two, some of the intelligence uh, has picked up that uh, Iran is about to do something. Um, yep. I don't know if we're quite sure what they're, they're going to do, um, but we have sent, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, USS Abraham Lincoln uh, ship and some other things uh, over there. So um, our military is expecting Iran to do something um, and perhaps attack some of our uh, allies. And, um, you know, Trump is a, a strong leader. Uh, he's got Pompeo in there and John Bolton, who are very hawkish on things like this. Um, and uh, Bolton said if uh, Iran tries to do anything, uh, we'll respond with relentless force uh, that they've never seen before. Um, I'm not sure uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll do that, but there's always a question of how the rest of the world will react to that. I think if Iran strikes us first, uh, and we look like we're in more of a defensive position, uh, I think that'll be a little easier for us to explain and probably keep some other countries out. Um, if it turns out that it looks like we're acting first, um, which I don't think will happen, but if we did, uh, then some of these other countries might jump in. Um, and it's always a question of, uh, you know, how far do you go and uh, what will end up being, being the consequences. These are very difficult decisions to to make and you know if you make a mistake you're dealing with uh uh you know potentially devastating um effects so it's very very difficult how much of iran uh do you see uh getting um you know destroyed i mean if we had to retaliate do you think it would be a huge devastation for iran do you think there would be a lot of damage well potentially it could be i i, I don't know if uh, politically, if we went in and caused a lot of damage, uh, how the rest of the world would react to that. Uh, so we have to be very careful. Uh, we certainly want to defend the U.S. first, right. uh, our allies right. after that. Um, but uh, defending them is one thing, and I don't know if destroying Iran is really the, the best way to uh, defend ourselves and uh, allies. We'd really like to see regi regime change in Iran, uh, in 2009, uh, when the Iranian people uh, started protesting against the regime that was in there, um, the Obama administ uh, administration decided not to support the people. And as a result of that, the uh, re potential revolution uh, ended up fizzling out. Um, that would really be the best thing for us, to see the Iranian people uh, protest themselves, and that's part of what Trump's strategy is, that if we put those sanctions on and make economic conditions uh, bad for them, which they are now, and he's put on some additional sanctions, which will make things even worse for the Iranians, that eventually the, the Iranian people will stand up and say to their regime and say, look, uh, you, you can't keep behaving the way you're behaving uh, because it's leading to economic chaos here uh, and the people are, are suffering. Um, so this is a very 
delicate balance politically and militarily about what we should do. I know militarily we're the strongest force in the world, uh, and I I doubt we have any trouble with, with anybody. But the problem is if you bring in some of these countries with nuclear weapons like Russia, uh, you know, then it gets uh, very difficult because if they, they end up using those weapons, you're talking about mass mass destruction. And that's one thing you have to be very careful to avoid. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, I do, I do want to get into uh, various economic uh, things. I, I want to pr- talk about first is the situation with um, the tax returns. Uh, the New York Times today, I'm going to play the clip here in just a second, but the New York Times today recovered taxes uh, or copies of, you know, something of Trump's tax history for a 10-year time frame, and it showed over a billion dollars lost. You know, and and the media twists this so much, and they they totally don't tell you the whole truth. You know, what they fail to, to say is how much money Trump actually made. So when you're making this much money, I mean, it's it seems like it's, you know, in a lot of these times and some of the things people were going through, a lot of people lost money, but they also made a lot of money. So, uh, you know, they, yeah. it's just another thing they're trying to go yeah. at Trump for. It's ridiculous. I want to play this clip, though, and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, one, seven. Yeah. This is Fox News Alert. As we just told you, the New York Times released tonight new information on the decade of the president's taxes. Trace Gallagher has been taking a close look at what they put out there and joins us with an update on it. Trace? Hi, Tucker. We're scanning the article. It's important to note off the top, the tax records do not include information or tax years at the center of the president's escalating battle with Congress. There are no allegations of crimes or financial misdeeds. Instead, the records go back to the late 80s, early 90s, years the president has already admitted were at the very least tumultuous. For example, the Times is reporting that by the time Donald Trump's Art of the Deal book hit shelves in 1987, he was already in deep financial distress, meaning tens of millions in debt. And during the decade from 1985 to 1994, the Times says Trump's losses totaled just over $1.1 billion. Remember, this is investors and loan money primarily. A few points there. During that time, Mr. Trump bought Eastern Airlines shuttle for $365 million. It never turned a profit, and he was spending upwards of $7 million a month to keep it up and flying. And his Taj Mahal hotel and casino, it opened in 1990 with more than $800 million in debt. And to keep the Taj floating, Trump's businesses pulled money from other casinos, placing them in the red as well. Now, The Times is reporting because of all the losses that that Trump paid no federal taxes in eight of the ten years. Charles J. Harder, who's a lawyer for the president, told the Times on Saturday that the information was demonstrably false and the statements about the tax returns 30 years ago are highly inaccurate, saying, and I'm quoting here, IRS transcripts, particularly before the days of electronic filing, are notoriously inaccurate and would not be able to provide a reasonable picture of any taxpayer's returns. We should also point out the Times did not obtain the actual tax returns. They got the information from someone who was unidentified, who had access to the tax information. We're still scanning, Tucker. If we come up with more stuff, we'll bring it to you. Okay. Wait till they get yours and mine. <laughs> Trace Gallagher, <laughs> good to see you. So, 
Dr. Bustler, what we have here, I mean, what we just heard, this, this wasn't even really Trump's money. It was investors' money, loan money. And what, what, what the New York Times and other outlets in the mainstream media fail to mention is how many successful people actually, you know, they try to portray Trump as like a deadbeat or a loser because he filed for bankruptcy so many times. How many successful people have we seen file for bankruptcy uh, so, so they could, you know, benefit themselves so, so they can get out of bad situations? I mean, it's, it's part of the American way. You're allowed to do it. It's your right. doesn't mean you necessarily uh, went broke. You know, you may have lost a little bit, but you also gained a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, let me, let me just say Trump himself never filed bankruptcy. Uh, he has a, a, a bunch of business, business ventures. Not- Right. Yeah. Each each business venture is set up as a separate legal entity, a separate corp- corporation usually. Um, and of all the hundreds that he's had over the years, four of them mm-hmm. did not work out. Now he, they uh, they mentioned the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. As you know, I live right down beach from Atlantic City. I'm very familiar with what Trump did there. So yeah, that what, what happened was the they place. they wanted yeah they wanted to build a casino. Uh, that was going to be the largest in the world. It cost a billion dollars to build. Trump put up a hundred million of his own money, and he sold bonds for the other nine hundred million. It was a very um, ambitious venture. Uh, it turned out not to work out. Atlantic City had some problems. The casino was way too big, um, and it turned out it went bankrupt. So he lost a hundred million dollars that he put up there. Eventually, he gave the property back to the uh, bondholders, um, and the bonds were then bought by Carl Icahn, uh, Icahn who ended yeah. up owning the the uh, the Taj Mahal. Um, it's since been sold and uh, converted into the uh, Hard Rock Casino. So, so this shows exactly why Trump should never release any of his tax returns. Newspapers yeah. like the New York Times. We'll just look for every little thing um, that could possibly uh, cause Trump problems. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, for instance, um, the New York Times uh, a month or so ago ran uh, a story that said uh, Trump valued land at two different numbers, uh, one for the, uh, appraise- the assessors for the county and one for when he was seeking financing. Uh, and this kind of thing happens. Um, and it happens because a developer buys um, a large tract of agricultural ground for a relatively low price, um, and he convinces the uh, planning boards, and the planning boards generally want to do this, that he'd like to convert that to residential property and build expensive houses there. So when he, he carries the land on his books, it's still agricultural value. When he goes to seek financing, he says, look, I can take this agricultural land, turn it into 20 high expensive building lots, and that will significantly increase the, the value. Now, he's not defrauding anybody. He's not uh, saying anything that's not true. As uh, the value as agricultural land is relatively low, the value as residential building lots will be much higher. So um, when he's goes for the financing, he says, I'll convert it, I'll uh, get the zoning changed to residential, and it'll be worth more. Well, the New York Times will pick it up and said, Trump said it's worth $100,000 for tax records. 
He told the bank it was worth a million dollars. See, he's an obvious fraud, uh, when indeed he is not an obvious fraud. There are probably dozens of examples like that in his tax returns. He has been a successful businessman, very successful businessman people, especially in the real estate development field, go through cycles. Uh, There are times in real estate where you're making a lot of money, and there are times when you're losing a lot of money. 1991, we had a a recession. The housing market, the uh, real estate market collapsed. Everybody who was involved in real estate at that time lost a lot of money. The tax code is set up to say, look, if you have large losses, you get to uh, use carry those losses forward to offset future income, and as a result, um, you you may not pay any taxes in in the future, and that's exactly what happened to Trump. It's perfectly legal. It happens with every business person. <clears throat> Even the most successful entrepreneurs have failed at some point. I teach a, a, a graduate course in entrepreneurship, and the first thing I tell people is. Don't be afraid to, to, to fail. Obviously, you don't want to fail, but you will fail most likely. You turn failures into learning experiences, and that's how you end up succeeding in the future. And that's exactly what, what Trump did. But the New York Times, the Washington Post, they're just looking for ways to get Donald Trump and any inconsistency that they believe they find in a tax return they're going to blow up and make it seem like Trump is a, a cheat and a bad business person and a fraud. And the reality is he's been very successful. He's lived through the ups and downs, and he's done very well. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I want to, I, I want to get into a few, a few things with you, a few more things. Um, you know, President Trump uh, saying, you know, is saying now that he will uh, hike the tariffs. Actually, before I go to this, Dr. Bussler, do you think it's safe to say that the tax returns of his will never be seen, no matter how hard the Democrats pout? Yes. I don't think they'll ever see President Trump's tax returns. Um, There'll be some fighting that's going on. There are now 20 states that have passed a law in their state that said in order for someone to get on the ballot, uh, in a presidential election on their state, they have to release their tax returns. Now, it's all in states Trump's probably going to lose anyway, but still, yeah. um, that'll end up being a court fight. I think in the end, Trump will, will win that. I, I don't think they can force him to um, release his tax returns just to get on, on the ballot. I don't think that'll withstand a, a court challenge. I don't think we'll ever see Trump's tax returns, and I think that's a, a good thing for, for him um, especially because uh, of what could possibly come out of that. But I agree. I don't think we'll ever see those tax returns. Right, right, absolutely. Um, now, let, let, me, let, let me ask you about this. The, President Trump says he will hike tariffs to 25% on $200 billion of Chinese goods. Uh, how do you see this uh, helping the economy, or do you see it uh, affecting the economy? Yeah. Now, Trump plays the long game. He, he, he doesn't right. play a short game, as most politicians do. Um, when he got into office, he looked at every one of the trade agreements that the U.S. was in, and for whatever reason, every single one of them 
was slanted in favor of our trading partners and to the detriment of the U.S. Now, and just a simple example, I've talked about this on the show before, um, the European Union, they make a car in Germany or, or, or uh, Italy or France, sell it in the U.S., we charge a 2.5% tariff. Americans sell a car in Europe, they charge us a 10% tariff. Make a car in China, we charge a 2.5% tariff, they charge us a 25% tariff. Well, the result yeah. of that has been that um, uh, foreign countries are not buying very much of our output, and we're buying a lot of theirs, and that's why we have such a large, large negative balance of trade. Trump has gone in, and he's going to fix every single one of them. He already took care of Mexico and Canada. The European Union has said they're going to work toward a zero-tariff policy, which is really what Trump's goal is. He just had Japan in, and they're discussing a new trade agreement. He's come up with one already with South Korea. Now, the last one is with China. China has agreed or previously did agree um, to start talking to us about a, a more favorable arrangement. The only reason they started talking to us was Trump put these tariffs on them. It got to the point where it looked like we're only a couple weeks away from a deal, and then at the last minute, China sort of changed its mind and said, you know, we're not going to do all this. So Trump said, look, you said you were going to do this. This has got to be fair, and if you don't do it, we're going to slap these tariffs on you, raise the tariffs from 10% to 25% on $200 billion worth of, of goods. I think the Chinese don't believe Trump will do it because they see um, what's happening to Trump in the U.S. and they perceive that Trump will be weak. And so they think Trump won't be able to do this. I think they've misjudged him. If they don't come up with a deal and they're sending their top people to the U.S. on Thursday to try to avoid this, but if they don't come up with something on Thursday that Trump believes will last uh, will lead to a, a better deal. He will put those tariffs on. It will be some short-term pain for the U.S. That's true. Some of these numbers you've seen that you'll lose a million jobs and uh, it could bring us to a recession. None of that is, is true. Um, if anything, it ends up helping our jobs because the Chinese goods become very expensive with the tariff, making U.S. goods now um, – priced at a point where they can can uh, sell. Trump's ultimate goal is to have no tariffs on anything. And that's really what uh, most economists will tell you is the best thing. But we've got such complicated deals uh, that past presidents have signed, it's going to be very difficult for him to, to change. He's making tremendous progress. China is really the, the last one. He's going to stand tough until they come up with something. The last point with China is not only um, do we want a, a fair tariff deal, China, India does this too, they do not honor intellectual property rights, which means uh, in the U.S., if you come up with an idea and you get a patent on it, um, nobody can uh, make that product until the patent runs out, generally after 17 years. Well, what happens is the Chinese and in India too, they don't honor those um, intellectual property rights, and they say, look, this is what the U.S. people in the U.S. made. They buy it, they take it apart, figure out how to make it themselves, and they don't care that there's a patent. They just start producing these, these products. China will not agree 
to stop doing that. And that's one of the big sticking points with coming up with a deal. If they don't do something by Thursday, he will slap those tariffs on Friday. It will hurt China even further. Um, and I think it will eventually force China to come to a good deal with us. Very well said. I'm going to take a quick commercial. We're going to come right back. I'm going to get thoughts from from the panel and uh, a few more things I want to discuss with you, Dr. Bustle. But we'll be right back, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, doc, Dr. Bustler, I want to I wanna ask you about the law that President Trump recently revived, which is the national program to exclude illegals from jobs. Uh, we know that this will, you know, give other people, like in minority communities, more opportunity because people won't be hiring uh, illegals unless they want to get somewhat punished and correct me if I'm wrong uh, this was put in years ago was it the Clinton administration that put this in where hiring illegals uh, you, you get in trouble uh, if you hire them yeah it was actually put in I guess back in the 90s during the, the Clinton um, administration uh, the idea was back then everybody believed illegal immigration was a bad thing the Democrats and the Republicans um, and w one of the ways that illegal immigrants were able to continue to survive in the country is that they were able to, to find jobs, mostly finding jobs that Americans wouldn't do. Uh, they're usually lower paying jobs, uh, sort of menial jobs. Americans didn't like doing those. And these uh, illegal immigrants um, stepped in. Um, Trump is determined to solve this problem, even though the Democrats are fighting him. Uh, so one way to do it is to revive this law, and if uh, these illegal immigrants come in and they can't find work, uh, then the thought is that they would leave, leave the country voluntarily. So um, this may not be the best way to handle things by uh, doing what Trump's doing, but given the uh, hand that he's dealt here and the refusal of the Democrats to even talk to him about coming up with an, a good immigration policy, which includes securing the, the border, um, he takes whatever steps he can take to try to uh, force the Democrats to the table. If, uh, when Trump puts this law in, if a lot of illegals start losing their, their jobs, they're going to appeal to the Democrats, and they'll say, hey, look, this can't go on like this. You're going to have to work with Trump and come up with something. And that's what Trump uh, hopes. 
look, he isn't the, the kind of president that uh, that comes in and uh, tries to negotiate. I mean, he, he's not a politician. He's a business person. So a, 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 a politician would take plenty of time trying to resolve uh, problems, and oftentimes they just get kicked, kicked – the uh, problem gets kicked down the road to the next administration. A business person will confront problems head on, especially if they affect the bottom line, and you uh, – uh, try to bring your adversary to the table uh, in business. If you have someone that won't come to the table, you try to create a sense of urgency. And that's what he's trying to do with all these things. The tariffs, he doesn't want to place tariffs on things. The tariffs are only meant to create a sense of urgency with our trading partners, and that will bring them to the table, and it's working. So what he's doing with immigration is trying to uh, put enough pressure to bring everybody to the table to finally negotiate something. So I think this uh, is a step that he legally can take. It may not have a huge effect, but it's at least one small step toward solving the problem. Yeah, very, very well said. Um, I want to go to Rob. Rob, go ahead. I'm here, Rory. Rory. Rob, no, I'm here. What do you, you, you have any thoughts? Do you have any thoughts? Not on this particular subject. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, not on, not on this one because I'm, I'm ignorant with regard to this topic. Okay, uh, Mike in New York, go ahead. Yeah, I think Trump's doing a great job. He's, he's playing the game as a businessman and that's exactly what we need not a politician doing this stuff we need somebody that understands business and knows how to how to negotiate with a heavy hand you know with that old saying about care hold a stick behind your back while you're negotiating and he's approaching everything the right way and teaching a lot of these people that uh, there's accountability if you don't want to make a good deal with us it's going to cost and at the same time bringing these companies back from china back here to the U.S., bringing the jobs back to the U.S., and cutting OSHA and a lot of the uh, overregulation that the government had, making it easier for these companies to exist, make a profit, and offer jobs to the citizens. So it's multi-pronged, and uh, I commend him for doing it. I'm just glad he's in office. Absolutely. Uh, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, the whole idea about the taxes and, uh, you know, 99% of Americans couldn't understand two or three pages of President Trump's tax returns. And when you're leveraging and you're carrying over and you're, you've got all this intricate multiple corporations, then the Democrats simply are trying to do anything possible to, to diminish President Trump's numbers so he loses in 20. So they're, they're down to... We got, we've got copies hearsay of some really old tax returns, and all we know is he's showing a billion dollars in losses. And so you would say to them, and so what? How did he build Trump Tower after that? How did he build the tower in Chicago? How, you know, he, he's, uh, he's, his assets, even if you strip them way down, is in the billions. So the reality is 99% of us, 100% pretty much of logical people know that he takes risk, He's been rewarded for it. Uh, people that have done business with him have lost the money, which is typical when you're a vendor for a, a risk taker. So the left is simply just trying 
They, they failed on the, the collusion thing. They failed on the obstruction case. They, they, they don't, the left doesn't have anything but to try to go to the, the millennials and hope that they'll vote. But I think a new poll came out, and, and, and uh, Biden's beating Bernie Sanders like by 30 points. By 30. Okay, so so the reality is this angry, angry uh, mob supposedly of socialists that wanted to rectify Bernie Sanders being passed over for his, you know, his turn last cycle isn't holding water. And so they, so they have a guy, Biden, who's slurring his speech. He, he, can't, he doesn't know who's running the U.K., and yet he's leading um, and so they don't, the Democrats simply don't have anything. So this is all, this is just a, well, let's try to keep Barr up there. Let's try to get Mueller. Let's try to keep our small constituents angry and see if that anger can somehow translate into votes. Because when it comes to policies, this uh, last number of 230,000 plus jobs this month was shocking to them. They did not see it coming. So there's nothing that they can run on against the economy of Trump on the way that North Korea has pretty much been kept down. And as long as we don't go into Venezuela and Iran and start shooting a bunch of people and just let the foreign policy stay solid, uh, then this is just let's try to get his tax returns. They're not going to get them. They're not entitled to them. And it's just just another sideshow for the left. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Bill, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, I don't really have any concerns about Trump's taxes or what he did in business 20 years ago in the 80s and 90s. I mean, you know, anybody in business, and thank God that three-quarters of the population understand small business, know that businesses, you know, sometimes fail. So and it's, 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 you know, like I said, if you look at all the deals that Trump's done since he's, you know, in his early 20s, it's probably in the hundreds, and you have four that fail. I think that's a pretty good success rate. It's better than NASA um, or, or any other standard. So, you know, I don't really, you know, the tariffs is, is, is a long game, is just like the gentleman said, because China can't withstand that kind of economic damage. It, it might hurt us some, and yeah, they need us jobs more than we will need them. Absolutely. So, you know, if the media and China and all that can't can't whirlwind this into some catastrophe because of these tariffs in six or eight months, the, the Chinese government is going to have to sit down at the table and say, "Okay, let's let's fix fix this, because our economy just can't handle this kind of of of. Destruction, because it, it, like I said, if you look at at the trade, you know, I, I don't, your kid doesn't need to have GI Joe soldiers, you know, little plastic soldiers in a bag made in China, you know, or the mother, you know, I would much rather pay a dollar more for that bag of GI Joe soldiers that were made in America than if they came from China. So it, it, it you know, with growth comes pain. So you know, and but. On a scale, China would feel so much more in such a quicker amount of time that, that Trump, what Trump's really done is kind of turned the hourglass over on China and said, all right, that's your sand, and when I guess when it runs out, you'll come and talk to me because I'm not turning it over again. Right, 
Well, you're you're absolutely right, and it's it really is one of those things. Um, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Uh, yes. Well, uh, finance and economy is definitely something I specialize in, and so I could uh, definitely say that uh, Trump is making the right decisions. Uh, everything that you've got, you guys have been mentioning, that Trump has been mentioning, it's exactly the case where if you uh, actually have a strong hand and impose the threat of tariffs on another country, especially China, such an economic powerhouse, that it's going to absolutely make them react in a way that we would definitely want them to. Uh, yes, it, it would cause a very short-term uh, cost to uh, the American economy in order to force that hand, but in the long term, it's absolutely what we need. And so if, if uh, this plays out very well, which I think it will, uh, I have uh, nothing but great and tremendous things to say about uh, Trump and his policies. So that has absolutely been working out. And when it comes to the uh, the tax returns, I think it's really unfortunate that uh, places, uh, states like California and Illinois have stated that uh, they'll remove Trump from the ballot if uh, they don't see his tax returns. And uh, I really don't think that the, uh, that the, the tax returns will be revealed. I mean, it's, it's not his job. It's not required. If they wanted it to be required, then make a law. I mean, it's none of their business, really. So they just want to do whatever they can in order to stick it to the Republicans, stick it to Trump in America in order to get their globalist Democrat into the presidential seat. Um, definitely a big power play. And so uh, Trump is an absolutely uh, a powerhouse when it comes to business and finance, especially real estate. Uh, all of his dealings have been uh, tremendously su- successful, except for those, those four that failed. Um, so when it comes to the uh, most important um, scenario where he um, – we're talking about the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, um, that, that hit him the hardest of, of anything because this casino, which was built for $1.2 billion, uh, mostly, uh, mostly, mostly it was investor money and loans, but um, he still had uh, see, about a 25% stake in it. Um, when it happened, um, and he definitely took a big hit on his side. In fact, it was big enough that it threatened him to file for personal bankruptcy. I mean, Trump has never in his life filed for personal bankruptcy up to this day, Um, but it was the case where Wilbur Ross, the current um, commerce uh, director of uh, commerce in in our government right now, um, he had stepped in to uh, put in the investment in order to uh, to save him from filing for any personal uh, bankruptcy. So uh, that's that's the only instance of um, of him getting any like hit. Essentially, uh, everything else has been so successful. So it's really none of anyone's business um, that uh, that Trump isn't doing anything malicious or wrong or illegal, especially. Yeah. So uh, I would right. imagine that uh, not having Trump on the on the ballot would be a tremendous uh, just uh, infringement on our entire government process, a republic, and I couldn't imagine that uh, he would uh, let this uh, carry on. So, uh, and if right. not, I mean, that's something that's like it would break up our union. I would imagine uh, <laughs> if uh, California didn't comply with the federal government. So, I, I would really love to see how it plays out, and I, I would really love to see Trump. Uh, a champion some uh, some strong policies in order to prevent any major breakups or civil unrest. I would imagine. 
Well said. Very well said. Uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead. Yes. Hi. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to go back on what, uh, you know, Bill was saying, um, you know, and, and uh, Dr. Uh, Bussler, it, the, the Simpson Mazzoli bill was the uh, bill 1985 that uh, in 1986, when signed into law, granted amnesty. That's the bill that reco- right. that made it illegal to hire or recruit. Dr. Branch, you cut now. Well, that bill, the Simpson Mazzoli bill. I don't, know, I don't, know, why does, I don't bill. know why it does that. It's weird. You cut out, but then everything's fine. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know either. Uh, I just keep, keep talking until it solves the problem. But that's just, it made it illegal. The Simpson-Mazzoli Bill, uh, 1985, that was signed into law in 1986, granting amnesty, uh, that is the bill that also made it illegal to hire any illegal aliens or recruit any illegal aliens. Um, and since then, other laws have been based off of that. Um, you know, something else I'd like to go back because I didn't get a chance to, I, I know that, you know, my favorite Russian oligarch up there in New York and, and, and my favorite Navy SEAL over there in California, they, there's a little disagreement, uh, regarding what's happening down in Venezuela. You know, the reality to me is, is, is you know, Eric, you're absolutely right when you say, well, they should be able to pick up the pitchforks and go fight. The problem is, if they did that, not if they did that, Russia is backing Maduro. Maduro was on a plane. He was going to fly away he, because the people were picking up the pitchforks. Russia po- propped them up. Now, that's in our hemisphere. So now we have an escalated problem where Russia jumped in. So therefore, you know, I, I'm more on uh, – the side of, uh, of, of of Michael up in uh, in New York on that as well, because now we have a problem there. Uh, so you know that, it's a big issue. Uh, it's not just you know the people rising up against Maduro. They rose up. Maduro was going to leave. Russia backed him up and uh, kept him in power. So now that escalated what happened. So. What is our response to it? I mean, what would what would our what should our response be? And I think that's a question that has to be asked. As far as Trump's tax returns, when you run for federal office, there is no law that says you have to submit your tax returns. There is a federal law that says that you have to have a financial disclosure. That is by pen, that that is penalty by law. You have to fill it out. Trump filled that out. The United States government has every single tax return for Donald Trump. Every single one. The IRS office has it. And if there's anything illegal, remember, IRS has the power of law behind them. They could go yeah. after Trump if there was something illegal. There is nothing illegal. The only reason why they want this is the 2020 election. That's it. They want to use little snippets, and this is, uh, you know, what Dr. Bussler was saying, and he said this last week as well. They just want to pick and choose words to make the president look bad. But I do want to remind everybody this is one of the best economies America has ever seen. So no matter yes. what those tax returns say, who cares? Look what he's doing <laughs> right. in office. That's all Absolutely. I care about. 
What is he doing? He's kicking butt and he's taking names. This is the best economy in my lifetime. And I'll tell you right. what, you know, I could not be more happier with this guy in office. So we got to get him reelected. Amen. And we have, we just have a few minutes left, but uh, Dr. Branch, tell everybody where they can find you in case we cut out. You can follow me on, on uh, Twitter at Bob Branch. That's B-O-B-B-R-A-N-C-H. Thank you very much. All right. Absolutely. IQ, I'll let, I'll let you respond, then I'm going to go right back to Dr. Bustler. But IQ, go ahead. Whatever he said is absolutely true. The economy is unbelievable, but what is more unbelievable is there is no inflation, which is contrary to all the economic systems that ever were thought of. This is remarkable. And really, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, IQ. IQ, please tell everybody where they can find you. Just Google my name, Al Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I. Perfect. Um, let me go back to you, Dr. Bustler. Dr. Bustler, is it fair to say, before, before you go, is it fair to say that this is probably the best economy that we've ever had in the history? <laughs> I, yeah. It, it, it sure looks like it. it. it, it yeah, if you consider uh, measuring how great the economy is by um, how easy it is for people to find good jobs, this is by far the best economy that we, we've ever had. Um, IQ also brought up another point. Uh, we've done all this without inflation, um, and yes. there's a couple reasons for that real, real quick. One, um, they were worried about, well, wages are going up over 3% annually, which is a good thing, except you're worried about – uh, that uh, driving labor costs up and causing inflation. The reason that's not happening is the tax cut was geared to create new capital, and the new capital right. is now being invested. And as a result of that, workers are becoming more productive. So even if the wages have gone up 3.2%, in the last quarter, yeah. productivity went up 3.6%. So labor costs are actually going down, even though – Wages are going up. The, the second reason is that this uh, tax cut is what we call supply-side tax cut. How about a minute? They did cut taxes for some of the upper income earners creating capital, and when you create capital, it's easy for business to uh, expand. So I don't see any inflation problem uh, well well into the future. Very good. Very and good. Where you, can, you know, I – Where you can – Oh, go ahead. I was going to say where you can find me. I know we're going to sign off in a minute. So my Twitter is at mbusler. That's at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. And on Facebook, my page is Funding Democracy. Perfect. Dr. Bustler, uh, it is, it was, it's a pleasure having you on. Uh, Always and we'll my see pleasure. you next week. Thank you, sir. Yep. Take care. Uh, look, Kevin, please tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Find me on Facebook, uh, Kevin DeKuyper, or just find our website, uh, nationalistunited.com. It's a pleasure as always being here. Thanks, everybody. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Super Elite Texan. Perfect. Um, let's go to uh, Eric. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can hear me Monday through Friday on Mojo50.com or iHeartRadio at 11 p.m. Pacific time. And over my, and I have a social media website. It's MagaBook.com instead of Facebook, MagaBook.com. Perfect. All right, man. Thank you. And uh, let's 
go to Mike Peters. Mike Peters, where can any where can everybody find you? Well, usually right here. And I'd like to thank you for having me on again, and thanks for a great show as usual. And great seeing you Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and my guests. You guys are all incredible. Uh, the show just keeps getting better and better. Uh, don't forget we're listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms, everybody. And remember, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable people doing their own shows on the new network, thenextgenusa.com. Again, that's thenextgenusa.com. And uh, it's doing really well. I'm glad I launched it. Uh, you can find all the 24-7 breaking news coverage there, find past episodes, past clips, all that good stuff as well. So, everybody, uh, huge show on Thursday night. I can't wait to be back with all of you, uh, and we will see you then. I hope you all have a great night. I'm Rory Sauter. God bless everyone. Cheers. <laughs>